I'm Monica Olson. And I'm Jennifer Walsh. And you're listening to the Biophilic Solutions Podcast, where every other week we sit down with experts and thought leaders across industries in order to explore the innate connection between humans and nature and why we need nature to thrive. We truly believe that in order to tackle the global environmental problems we're facing, we as humans must reconnect to the natural world and come to a better understanding of how we fit in and how we are so interconnected. So in every episode, we'll interview new guests that help us uncover and highlight nature-based solutions to get us on a path to greater health, tackling climate change, and ultimately getting outside and connecting with nature. So let's get to today's episode. Hey, Monica. Hey, Jennifer. So right off the bat, I'm so excited for today's conversation because I think we're really getting to the heart of biophilia. Of course, everything we talk about is biophilic in some way or another, but at its core, biophilia is all about our innate need for nature and for all living things. I absolutely agree. I think biophilia as this big umbrella term is a great way to reframe our relationship with nature. But in its truest sense, biophilia is about nature making us healthier and happier. So today we're talking with Nina Smiley, who is a director of mindfulness at Mohonk Mountain House, which is a resort located within the pristine forest in the Hudson Valley. It is a place I've been to so many times, and I've had such great experiences that are so restorative every time I go. And I'm dying to go now. So before family brought her to Mohonk, she earned her doctorate in psychology from Princeton, taught at the University of Maryland, and directed PR for the American Psychological Association. She's the author of numerous publications, including The Three-Minute Meditator and, appropriately, Mindfulness in Nature. In this conversation, we talk about the science behind forest bathing, the organic compounds in nature that boost human immunity, and inviting awe into our everyday lives. I'm so excited to get to our interview with Nina Smiley. Nina, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. We're so thrilled to have you. I'm delighted to be here. What a pleasure to talk about nature, being outdoors, mindfulness. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my. It's our favorite topic. So (laughs) we're thrilled. And just to kind of set the stage, I've met Nina in the past, and I've been to her beautiful location at Mohonk Mountain House, where she is located. So it's nice to be speaking to you this way and have you on the podcast to discuss a little bit further your work in mindfulness and in nature. So uh, we're thrilled to have you here today. Thank you. So Nina, I'm super curious. How did you get into this? Have you always been working for destination resorts or is this something new? Because I'm sort of fascinated with the trend of more and more of these beautiful spaces like yours hiring on a nature expert or a mindfulness or like we would call it like, you know, a wellness director. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got there. Well, my route to getting here is not the norm, and I'm happy to tell you about it. (laughs) I started out as an academic. I got a PhD at Princeton in psychology, and I taught at University of Maryland. And then I left teaching to work in Washington, D.C. I worked for the American Psychological Association. I went into marketing. And then this was the part where the universe stepped in. My Mm -hmm. husband also got a PhD at Princeton in economics, finance. His family business was Mohawk Mountain House. So he already had the opportunity from birth to be part of this magnificent, iconic, natural setting. We never knew that we were going to run the place. But after about (laughs) 16 years in Washington, D.C., 
somebody had to do that. The family needed another person to come back. And quite honestly, no one wanted to do it. So Bert and I were jogging wow. one day. We were outdoors in a beautiful natural setting on Sligo Creek Parkway. And we looked at each other and we said, we can't not do it. And it was a double mm-hmm. negative. And it meant we had to come back and take this on because Mohawk is so special. It's set in 40,000 acres of woodland. It has a skywater lake, as we say, which is the rain comes down and nurtures the lake. And we have 85 miles of hiking on our doorstep. So Bert came back Incredible. to be president and CEO. It really is. And, and I came back to do the marketing. I've always been a meditator. So this is where mindfulness and meditation come in. Since the 1970s, I've been meditating. So as we came back to Mohawk, the essence of Mohawk has been recreation and renewal of body, mind, and spirit in a beautiful, natural setting. And in a way, we were doing forest bathing since 1869. We have pictures <laughs> of the founder, Albert Smiley, taking guests out in the 1800s on the trails. And the women are wearing these long Victorian skirts, and they're happily out in the woods. So I feel what we've been doing for the past decades is such a continuation of the essence of Mohawk, being outdoors. First of all, I just want to like stop and say, what an incredible story um, mm-hmm. that it's really a family legacy and family project. And I think like once you did it, if I read correctly, like, I don't know if it was, it was Albert or you guys like started buying up a lot of that land because originally you didn't have the 40,000 acres. Is that correct? Well, actually, we don't have 40,000 acres. That is the collective. It includes the um, Palisades Interstate Park Commission. It includes Minnewaska. It includes the Mohawk Preserve. But when we put ourselves in context, we always talk about the entirety because we're all in nature Mm -hmm. together for the 40,000 acres. The grand ecosystem. I think, Nina, I love the idea that you went from being in D.C. and marketing, and Monica is a marketer as well. You'll so appreciate this. It's just the fact that nature found you in a way that you were open enough to it to say, we can't not try this out and experience it. And then to have that whole new world open up to you because nature's always providing us inspiration and this collective beauty of awe. And that you got to open like a whole new world of opportunity and work for yourself. I think that's so beautiful. I feel so blessed. That's the only way to describe Mm. it. And to be able to share nature with others and share Mohawk Mountain House with others where it's so much about renewal and about being outdoors. There's a sense of awe. Mohawk Mm. has Quaker roots and part of that essence is stewardship. So we knew that Mm -hmm. we were coming back with Mm -hmm. an opportunity to steward not only the mountain house, but the surrounding and our own land. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Monica, you would love it too, because there are the pictures along the, in Mohawk Mountain House, you'll see the old, old pictures of the women in these dresses on these hikes. So the hallways are just full of these beautiful historic photos as well of Mm -hmm. everyone outside. So I Mm -hmm. love that Mohawk's been doing that for so long. Jen and I always talk about, and I'm sure you feel the same way, Nina, that like we have been connected as just individuals and people with nature for years and years and years. And the Victorians were huge fans of nature and rode horseback and hiked and got out. And so I think it's like now our, I don't want to say our generation, but like today's society is the one who's disconnected. And so now we're sort of circling back to it. And the beauty is that you've preserved this beautiful place for people to come to. 
That is so true, that full circle. And there's a a wow moment when people come to Mohonk, the driveway, the entry is two and a half miles long. So you're coming through the woods. <laughs> you should be committed. You have to be committed to drive that two and a half miles up that road. You do. And you're surrounded by nature. And we have signs on the road in that say, slowly and quietly, please, which is to set the tone for you are present in a different setting. Please take it in. Please relax and enjoy it. Oh, I love that. So tell us a little bit about What's going on there right now with your current role as director of mindfulness and how are the guests like enjoying it, reacting? What are you seeing? What's the response you're getting? People crave nature. They crave being outdoors and we give them many opportunities to be outdoors. I like to say that Mohawk is about options and you're on Mm -hmm. vacation and you're perhaps a little bit more open to trying something. So you can be very active, you can do tennis or golf, you can go to the spa, and you can always go out for a walk on your own or with a guide. To help people get outdoors, we lead hikes every day at 10 in the morning and 2 p.m., and there are always two hikes going out. We have a staff naturalist who leads Mm. nature walks. And he does wonderful things. He will do sunrise events. He will do night Mm. hikes. And again, being on vacation, you'll push your boundaries a little bit. You're not going to go on (laughs) a night hike in another setting if there's no one leading you. When we talk about forest bathing, in a way, that's what you were saying. Mindfulness in nature, which is the way I often describe it, has been around forever. And forest bathing, the term... It came up in the 1980s when people started doing research on the effects of being out in the forest. So that was a mm-hmm. part of the Renaissance where they could actually trace the physiological effects of being in the woods. Yeah, yeah talk Dr. a little bit Dr. about Lee's that. Work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Talk Both of you that. share about that. I mean, a lot of our listeners might have some understanding of it, but please share because I think it really bears repeating how beneficial it is to be out in nature. It's called forest bathing because it's a translation of a Japanese term, shinrin-yoku, and that means immersion in the forest. Sometimes when people hear the term forest bathing, they look at me a little askance and say, do I take my clothing (laughs) off? Do I jump in the lake? I know. No, it's immersion in the forest. And being outdoors mindfully in a way where you're not walking for exercise, you're not walking to learn the name of things. You're walking to be present with your senses. And we call the senses out one at a time. So you're rolling your gait. You're feeling the ground underneath. You're hearing the sound as you walk on the twigs, on the leaves. Along with that, you're feeling the sensation of the breeze on the skin, the sunlight. You're smelling the air, the clean, sweet air at Mohawk. And you're seeing the details in a way that you wouldn't normally do when you're moving quickly with an outcome Mm -hmm. in mind. Forest bathing mindfulness in nature is about a process. It's about being present Mm -hmm. in the moment as you begin to calm the body because you're breathing gently and fully, you're moving gently, and clear the mind because you step Mm -hmm. away from the, the daily spin of got to do this, got to do that, did that, didn't do that, what's coming up. And you start to be in a different place. What research has found 
is that forest bathing lowers blood pressure and it reduces stress-related hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. And forest bathing has also been shown to decrease scores on measures of anxiety, of depression. Mm. It's been posited that forest bathing gives our brains a break. Mm. You're not thinking in the same way you're being. And it helps renew the ability to focus because you get more clarity. The word I like to use is spaciousness. When you're in the Mm. forest and you're calling on your senses, there is a sense of spaciousness. The time expands. Your Mm. ability to gain perspective opens up. There's been some really fascinating research that shows that a room in a hospital that has a view and patients recover more quickly with a window being able to look outdoors. This is Mm -hmm. remarkable research. As the research has gone on, the hypothesis that the forest bathing part, being in the woods, you're breathing in phytoncides. And phytoncides Mm -hmm. are antimicrobial, volatile, organic compounds emitted by Mm -hmm. plants and trees. So you could think of it as airborne chemicals or essential oils that you're breathing in. And these oils, these airborne chemicals, have antibacterial and antifungal qualities. It helps plants fight disease. And as we breathe it in, it's also helping us. So as we breathe it in, again, research has shown that it activates the um, NK cells, the natural killer cells that support the immune system. And this element of research, I think, was so powerful in bringing this to the forefront. The folk wisdom says, go out and take a walk. Being in the forest is healthy. It's not new information. It's simple Mm -hmm. information. Yet to be able to parse it out in this way is truly a wonderful renaissance of possibility. The education key, right, is what Nina's doing is that, well, first of all, listening to you, Nina, describe everything. I feel so relaxed and soothed right now with your voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sitting here in my New York City apartment and just listening to your voice discuss what you do in the space mm-hmm. of mindfulness outdoors. I feel very at ease right now just listening to you describe your walks there at the Mohawk Mountain House. But Monica, I'm sorry, go ahead. You, I can No, not at all. No, I feel the same way. I'm like, I got I to gotta get out of this office and go take a walk. So how long, I guess, and maybe you guys ha- have been doing this for quite some time with the staff, the naturalist, and the daily walks. Has that something that's been always part of the resort? Is that something that you have helped instill as an amenity? And then are you finding more and more people are coming back because of those things? It really changes the perspective beyond a spa treatment or the gorgeous lake that's there. Don't get me wrong. You know, I would love to kayak or paddleboard, but those are more, I don't know, standard amenities. But I think a mindfulness walk, a nature walk, a naturalist, those are really cool extras for a resort to have. Is that new? Is that something that's been going on? And then again, I'd love to hear how the guests are reacting. We'll be right back after a quick break. Jennifer, guess what's coming up and where we get to hang out. What's that, Monica? The Biophilic <laughs> Leadership Summit. It's back this March 24th through 26th. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see you in person again. It's been way too long. 
I know, me too. And we invite all our listeners to come to this year's summit. We're going to be exploring biophilic placemaking and how we use biophilic principles to promote health, happiness, and vitality in public spaces. Yes. And I was just reading over the schedule, which I'm very excited about. There are so many great speakers and panels. And when you get to join us, I'll be doing a nature walk and moderating a wonderful panel on activating community spaces with two incredible women, an architect and an urban planner. So this summit is put on by the Biophilic Institute and Biophilic Cities Project. So you can also come meet all of the leading experts in biophilia. And in addition to all incredible multiple presentations, we're going to have all sorts of great farm to table meals, plus cocktails, some book signings and lots of networking, which is always a favorite. And it's going to be at your and my favorite place, the Inn at Serenby. Yep, that's one of my favorite places, as you know. So join us in Sarah B for the 6th Annual Biophilic Leadership Summit from March 24th to March 26th, 2024. And you can learn more about the summit and register today at biophilicsummit.com. That's biophilicsummit.com. We hope to see you there. We'll see you soon. Bye, Jen. Bye. It's not new at Mohawk Mountain House. This is part of the ongoing tradition. When we talk about the essence of Mohawk, nature is right up there. And that's a reason that people do come. And historically, they've come to be outdoors from the 1800s on. And Mm -hmm. we've done our best to continue to enhance that. We built the spa in 2005. And that was a way of creating yet another aspect of well-being. Mm-hmm. Last year, we added another element. We built a lakeside summer house, which is literally on the cliffs overlooking the lake. So you are what now- that? Well, yeah. <laughs> opportunity to get your massage in the most spectacular setting. You're outdoors, you have this view, you're breathing the air, and we do mindfulness out there, we do massage out there, we do yoga out there. It's very special. So that's our way of continuing to build what we have and continue to have fun with it. Make it special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what's yeah. the, the best part about that, and Monica, I, again, I'm cutting you off. I'm so sorry. But I love oh. the fact that you have been doing this for so long at Mohonk, and Mohonk has already instilled this hundreds of years ago. So it's not new, but you set this precedent of creating a space in nature to benefit from nature and to also make sure those people and everyone else I feel like in the world is trying to catch up with what you've been doing for so long. So I think that's really fascinating that people come to you for that place of serenity and that place of peace and uh, regeneration and recreation and renewal to be in that place of really like there's silence to it and the beauty that you can hear the hawks. You can hear the Mm -hmm. birds really just it's it's really profound. It's a profound place to witness beauty in nature. It's, it is. it's really beautiful. And thank you. Yeah. You use the word silence. And I think that's really mm-hmm. important. We are not surrounded by silence, usually. We are surrounded by <laughs> activity and, and sounds. And sometimes even when there's silence, our minds are so busy that there's inner chatter. Mm-hmm. And that's where mindfulness comes in, to be able to be outdoors in a spectacular setting and also clear the mind so that you're present in a different way and not thinking about the conversation you had a week ago. It's so healing. Mm -hmm. We play with things 
I'll give you another example. We have this spectacular lake, half a mile around the lake, and people swim across the lake. And we put a lifeguard in the middle of the lake so you feel confident and safe. And we've been doing lake swims for a long, 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 long time. Last year, our spa director thought of using the lake in a slightly different way. So she created an experience that she calls lakeside immersions. And what it is, did, Jennifer, did you do it? Oh, my gosh, <laughs> I did it. You need to I talk about that. It's jumping in the lake and it's contrast therapy because it's done in the cooler seasons. So it's not quite being a polar bear <laughs> jumping into the icy lake, but it's a sense of adventure. It's a sense of mm -hmm. I'm doing something that really has impact. And then you go from there inside and you do some yoga. Jennifer, give us your take. Yeah. How was it? It was well, I also love that you were I did this with uh, 23 other people that I didn't know and it was just a really fun way to experience cold therapy and I you know there's always talking about ice baths and so on but this was really like a group experience and also the air temperature was 30 degrees but the water was 40 degrees and it was really this 5 minutes in water was beautiful. It was really, really a special time. And then you got to have like a warm cider when you came out of the water. So you were warmed up your insides very quickly. And then of course you went inside for that yoga and it was just, it was warm and beautiful and cozy. And you just felt, I felt so good after that immersion better than I thought I could really feel. And it was great. I wish I could do that every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. That's great. When you come yeah. back, we also make an effort to use the setting again in different ways doing yoga under the stars outdoors stargazing mm. and that ties into a sense of awe that comes with being in nature and to yeah. be able to invite people to feel that again it's a different state of being present and it also gives you a sense of something larger than yourself and that's nature mm -hmm. yeah definitely and do you find that, because you guys have been covered pretty extensively in the press, all the wonderful lifestyle publications, do you find that people are more drawn to what you guys are doing now? We sort of sometimes call, or I'm reading, you know, it's like ecotourism, right? And that can mean a ton of different things. It could be going and working, you know, saving turtles in Mexico or it could be a wellness retreat and or a naturalist putting something together. But talk a little bit about that, like ecotourism and where do you see you guys fitting into that? And have you had just more interest and awareness even from the media recently? Because I think, you know, we all know with the pandemic, nature really shined, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the pandemic was a springboard for many people to discover nature. And I think part of it was that we were on our own. And when you're on your own in nature, it's a different experience than being on your own indoors. And I think that invited people to explore the healing aspect of nature. Mm -hmm. When people come yeah. to Mohawk, they're coming for an experience that feels very available to them because it's mm. Mohawk provides all of the meals for our guests. So they don't have to think about what they need to do. And it clears your mind of a lot of the have-tos. You know that you're mm -hmm. free to be outdoors, to explore. We have some of our favorite hikes that we call out for people. And we suggest Eagle Cliff, for example. It's a loop trail. And you get fabulous views of the lake, of the Catskills. 
And at one mm-hmm. point, you're looking out at some cliffs that we call the traps. And it's like looking out at eternity. You feel like you can see mm. forever. And it grounds you in a very special way. Mm. I think people need that more because there's mm-hmm. so much going on, being online and everything is so busy and we can get caught up in the web of social media. And when you're outdoors in nature and your phone is not turned on, there's a sense of presence. I wrote a book several years ago with my twin brother called Mindfulness in Nature. Hmm. <laughs> and in the That's right here. Oh, Jen. I love this book. Oh, thank you. Oh. Thank you. Jen's holding it I up. I love for the, the book. Uh, yeah. I love for everyone it. online. Yeah. Oh, Amazing. I'm holding it up. It's a great book. Thank you. And some of the quotes in there when I lead mm. forest bathing walks, what I do is I explain what it is and then we go out together. And then throughout the walk, I invite people to close their eyes because that's supportive of centering within. So we're standing, for example, on a bridge looking out towards the lake and our eyes are closed. And I invite them to feel the sun on the skin, feel the breeze. I invite them to smell the air. I invite them to hear the sounds. And then when they open their eyes, I invite them to see with new eyes without a filter of thought. And that makes such a difference. The colors may seem a little brighter. Shapes may seem more distinct. You may notice textures you haven't noticed before. And the mindfulness of that is being aware in a different way. You feel like you're seeing things that, yeah, they were there. But now I'm really mindfully Mm -hmm. present to see them. Let me read a quote. If but you almost don't. in Technicolor, I'm sure. In Technicolor, that's yeah, good. Please do. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> please read a quote. Uh, when you've opened your eyes after going through the senses one by one, it does feel like Technicolor, and it feels like someone switched the channel. <laughs> it's like oh, I love that. <laughs> so some of my favorite quotes. One is from Aristotle: "In all things of nature, there is something marvelous." Another is John Muir. The clearest way into the universe is through a forest wilderness. John Burroughs says, I go to nature to be soothed and to have my senses put in order. And then the final one is from Lao Tzu. Nature does not hurry, yet everything is accomplished. Beautiful. Wow. That's beautiful. That's profound. That is. What an opportunity yeah. to take that in. What an opportunity. That is true. I'm, not, I'm kind of like thinking of it. I'm sure you're also seeing a lot more interest in terms of corporate events or corporate clients coming up saying, we need all of them. We know, we know all of Nina's teachings. So are you seeing a lot more corporations coming up to experience the mindfulness outdoors with you? Yes, we do have corporations coming up to experience Mohawk experience mindfulness and mm. it gives them a different way of being present with each other when they've shared something mm-hmm. like this. We're outdoors together and I lead them around the lake and they've closed their eyes together and opened their eyes together and taken in something different and new and felt that profound experience together. Another thing about Mohawk is that our meeting rooms have windows that look out at nature. Yeah. And that's very special. When you're sitting in a room and you're talking, you have a view that gives you some perspective. 
There's a, mm-hmm. a phrase here at Mohonk when groups come, and we know that they say this at times, and we let's talk it over at Mohonk. And often in between oh. meetings, they are on the trail together. They're strolling. They're not sitting in a room. They're relating to each other in a way that you can't do when you're sitting for hours at a meeting. The historic context for that at Mohonk is from 1865 to 1916, founder Albert Smiley convened meetings at Mohawk on international arbitration. And he wanted mm-hmm. to have people talk about what he saw as one of the most important issues in the world. And people would come and they would talk and they would stroll together and they would discuss things like this. The conferences at Mohonk informed the Hague conferences, which informed the League of Nations. Mm-hmm which informed the United oh, Nations. Oh. So we like to say, we like to think that the UN traces their roots back to the parlor at Mohawk Mountain House. Oh, I, <laughs> I love, love that. that. That's really well, special. And, and I think the idea of having a beautiful space that draws people in with all of the amenities you have, and maybe they're not even sure what they're going to get out of the actual where you're placed, right? That they'll start to get educated with all of these beautiful ideas and quotes, and then just the experiences. And then they start learning about the conservation Mm. and the convening. And what we talk about is like building community. Yes. Because we're Mm -hmm. all in this together. And I think really thinking about how nature is this interconnected. I mean, we, you know, we've all learned so much about trees over the years. We've all learned so much about the mushrooms and the myoceliums and how they're all talking to each other and they're helping each other out. And they're really a model for us that we should be thinking about following through on. So, so I think the education of whether anybody's going to call it conservation, but just the love of nature that people can gain by coming to your resort is invaluable. And especially the corporate, I I love hearing that. And that's so true. We forget that when you're in, you know, these big corporate hotels, you're sort of trapped in these rooms in the sky. You don't really have access to the outdoors or air and or light or light, or you're going to walk out into a city sidewalk street. And sometimes that's super invaluable because you need a certain number of people to come together in a big city but to really do the hard work, That's you know, so I, I, I think, you know, I love that, that the UN traces back to the parlor. It's that deeper thinking for bigger ideas and creativity. I think that's one place where Mohan can be a model. We are a resort mm. hotel. And we've also had a sense of wanting to use that as a base for mm-hmm. doing things, a base for value-driven actions. And one of the things that happened in 1963 was that the Smiley family founded the Mohawk Preserve. It's now the largest mm. nonprofit preserve in New York State. And wow. in the 1980s, Mohawk Consultations was founded with the specific intent of bringing people together in this setting to talk about issues. Let's talk it over at Mohawk. And that's because Love we that. are a resort hotel. We were able to use this in a way. So I think wherever people are, to use what they have as a base for opening up possibilities is really mm-hmm. important. 
Yeah, definitely. I love that. Also, Nina, what you're saying, okay, use what you have where you are, brings it back to the space and place that makes it so special and why we're fostering the sense of belonging to that space. Because again, it's that almost seamlessness of whether we're inside or outside at, you know, let's say Mohonk, it's almost like you're already outside because the biophilic design within there leads you to just look out the windows and to just almost like a sense of awe when you look out the windows, because like you said, there's just mountains everywhere. Or if you're sitting in the spa, the woodwork is just, there's this beautiful sense of the biophilic design really kind of has that seamlessness between the outside and inside. And the history of the space really lends itself to fostering that belonging to the history of something that's so special. The way we have framed it to ourselves is bringing the outdoors in. And that's part of biophilic design. It's a phrase that is so simple. When we Mm -hmm. built the spa, we put in windows every place we could to bring the outdoors in so that it's part of our opportunity and we Mm -hmm. take it very seriously. So that leads me to ask a question that we don't always ask all of our guests. I mean, but maybe we should be is where did biophilia kind of come into your consciousness? Because I think so much of biophilic design is so popularized now. And again, I think the pandemic really sort of made people recognize the connection, right? But where did that come into your life? And how long have you been aware of the term and the concept? It came into my life organically. And it wasn't with that specific term. It came in with the sense of stewardship at Mohawk Mountain Mm. House and understanding that stewardship since the very beginning, the 1800s, has been a core value. And as we do things at Mohawk, we are applying it. And the concept is wonderful. It's something Mm. that I would hope doesn't sound scientific to the point where people are put off by it. And it's such an opportunity for all of us. One of the Mm -hmm. things with, with mindfulness, and this ties into what we're talking about in mindfulness moment to moment awareness of what is in this gentle non-judgmental way and that's an invitation to consider each moment as a choice and with doing biophilic design and understanding the concept each moment is an opportunity and i like to think of the simplicity of moment to moment choices you don't have to design a whole building. You don't have to do something huge. It's understanding mm-hmm. that in this moment, perhaps I can do something a little bit differently. Beautiful. What's next, Nina? Where are you guys thinking? I mean, it sounds like you've done some incredible additions with the spa and the lakeside. What are you guys cooking up next? Or what are you hoping to do? Or where do you see the future going for the resort? The phrase that we use is be the same, only better. We want to honor the Mm -hmm. essence of Mohan, which is the heart of it, and change the details as needed. And that's what we do. We chart a course that always keeps nature. It keeps a sense of community. It's family-owned and operated. We honor that, but there are details that do need to be changed as time goes on. So I think that's Mm -hmm. truly in our future. And wellness, well-being, the lakeside immersion and lake house summer house, yoga under the stars, forest bathing. We're having fun with it. And at Mohawk, we we talk about having a head and a heart. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. part of our way of doing business. And I think that relates directly to the topics that you're talking about every week. 
how do you have a head and a heart that guides your actions? Yeah, I love that. We often uh, overlook that, right? We forget that connection. The head and heart, that coherence between our head and heart, we often forget because we're so programmed to be doing the next thing all day long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Nina, for bringing us back to center. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's a pleasure to be here and talk about nature, mindfulness, mohunk with you. And I think one of the things I'd, I'd like to end with, again, is bringing nature into your life, is learning to set the intention to do it which makes you more aware mm-hmm. of opportunities. And mindfulness is a model, again, small moments of choice that lead to sustainable self-care and mm-hmm. sustainable care of the environment. And it's those small moments that truly make a difference when we step out of all or nothing, either or, and into possibilities. What if? What if? Oh, I love that. What if? The hopefulness in that is what I love. Yeah. Well, I myself am looking forward. I'm going to have to find myself up in New York and get myself up there. I know Jen will show me all around and we'll come find you, Nina. (laughs) Uh, I will. I'll show you all around. I'm planning on moving in, Nina, if you haven't already noticed. I would love to. That that lake house, is that down there? Is that good? Um, I I want to come stay in that house down there. Um, Sounds so wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much, Nina. We really appreciate it. And just wonderful to hear about all the work you're doing and really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me here. It's just been a delight to talk with both of you. And I look forward to hearing more segments from you. I'm enjoying your podcast so much. Oh, thank, thank you, you Nina. So we so appreciate that. And I look forward to seeing you soon, hopefully in person soon. That's great. All right, Jennifer. So I love the quote that Nina shared. Nature does not hurry, yet everything is accomplished. I absolutely agree. I think we both audibly gasped when she said that because it really encapsulated so much of what we talk about on this podcast. Yeah, you're right. And whether it's designing a restorative biophilic space in the workplace or silencing the chatter in everyday life, so much of what we talk about is this slower, more mindful approach to life that's much more in tune with nature. Yes, I was really struck by the way this conversation reminded me of past conversations we've had about awe, literative and figurative silence, and of course, all the health benefits that come from spending time in nature. Yeah, and I'm fascinated by the, am I saying it right? Fintensides, findicides, say it for me. Fightensides. Ah, super interesting. Yes, I love everything about fightensides. So after this conversation, I know I'm looking forward to a trip to Mohonk. (laughs) Yes. And for anyone listening who is looking at eco destinations for their next vacation, I really can't recommend it highly enough. And it was so great to spend more time really speaking to Nina. All right. Talk to you soon, Jennifer. Bye, Monica. Thanks so much for listening. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we would love for you to follow us on your favorite podcast app, give us a five-star rating, and please leave us a review. It really goes such a long way towards helping us reach a wider audience and sharing these amazing interviews and solutions with the world. Absolutely. So thanks so much for following and reviewing the podcast. And we'll be back with another amazing interview in two weeks. You're now a part of the biophilic movement. 